the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back in to 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network at theohiopressnetwork.com. We talked in the first segment about last night's Ohio Republican Senate debate. And if you missed it or you only caught part of it, if you go to, I believe it's NBC4I.com, that's NBC, and then the number 4I.com, you can watch the debate. I watched I watched it all, and uh, I have some opinions, but I'm going to keep those to myself right now. Uh, but I want to bring in one of the contender, contenders. He is Ohio Secretary of State Frank LaRose. Uh, Mr. Secretary, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Jack, I'm doing good, and it was great to see you last week. You know, uh, Joe and Colleen, I guess, did a fine job moderating that, but uh, I think you would have done an even better job. I saw you moderate a debate last week, and uh, you, you did great. So thanks for asking the tough questions. It's important that we get actual credentialed conservatives into office, not just people who say they are, and these debates are a good way to show that. Well, thank you for your kind words. I accept them, and I appreciate them. Uh, I think they did a good job, too, although I, I got I'll start here. You know me. I'm a guy for controversy. I feel like uh, they tried to bait you a couple times. Everybody on the stage, everybody on the panel. Uh, one of those things being abortion. I think abortion is a state issue, but they tried to turn it into a federal issue again last night. And then the other one was, hey, if Trump is found guilty, then how are you going to basically remove yourself from the stink? So let's start there. Let's put the baby to rest here. And maybe that's a bad analogy. But on the issue of abortion, they brought it up last night. And I want to give you a chance to address it again, because to me, the Supreme Court said, no, it's a state right issue. But Colleen asked last night, but do you believe that there should be a federal law? How did you answer that? You know, listen, I'm uh, very clearly a pro-life candidate, always have been. That's why I'm the only candidate on that stage with a 100 percent pro-life voting record. There are things that should be done at, at the federal level. For example, uh, we need to defend the Hyde Amendment, which is under attack constantly. This is what Coach Tuberville was working on, uh, gosh, all through last year. There are groups that want to spend federal dollars on abortion, and that shouldn't be allowed. Uh, we should defund Planned Parenthood at the federal level like we have at the state level. And, you know, I think that there's a good conversation to be had about putting common sense limits in place. Because, listen, it's not us who are the extremists on this. It's the left who have the extreme radical position on this. Sarah Brown's going to have to answer for that. And that's what I'm going to be calling him out for on the campaign trail when I'm his opponent here in just a few weeks, because he's the guy that supports late term abortion all the way through the end of pregnancy. He's the guy that supports taking parents out of the equation and hustling off a 14 or 15 year old girl to a Planned Parenthood facility without her parents knowing that's radical. And those are things that we shouldn't allow. And if that means that we need to take action at the federal level, then we should absolutely be doing that. I think one of the biggest issues is our border. 
Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, for the better part of three years now, has said, hey, our border is secure, our border is safe. I want to quickly play a clip for you of President Biden and what he's saying now about the border. And, and Frank, what you're going to do about it if you're elected to the U.S. Senate. Uh, cut 11. And do you It hasn't been secure for 10 years, and Joe Biden needs more money. <laughs> Frank, how do you uh, how do you respond to that? Uh, there's only one commander in chief, and his responsibility, first and foremost, is the security of this nation. That's a solemn obligation. I've got a plan for you, Mr. President. I released it yesterday. Three U.S. military divisions on the on the Mexican border. You could do that as commander in chief tomorrow. These great courageous men and women could be mobilized down there within a period of days. And this is not a radical idea. I served on the U.S.-Mexican border as part of a counter-narcotics task force with the U.S. military over 20 years ago. And if we're going to stop this bleeding and end this invasion, the group of people that's most capable of doing that are the members of the U.S. military. I was actually just on the phone with a retired general who once commanded the Joint Task Force 6, which was the Border Security Task Force 20 years ago that I was a part of. It's time that we reactivate that. It's time that we get these at least three divisions down to the U.S.-Mexican border and then finish the wall and then support the Border Patrol. And then we make it clear there will be no amnesty. That means you may not come here illegally and take advantage of the benefits of citizenship or birthright citizenship or any government benefits whatsoever. We have to end this invasion. And it's not because we hate the people on the other side. That's a a false uh, a claim that the left makes. No, it's not because we hate anybody. It's because we love this country that we insist on a secure border and we will and we will take on the cartels, define them as foreign terrorist organizations. They're killing our fellow Americans. And so we have to stop them from doing that. And that means taking lethal action. That was something you said last night that I am in support of, uh, that you took a little flack for. But what I'm hearing you say, I think, is we have to call cartels what they are, which are terrorist organizations, and take whatever measures necessary. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And, and Bernie demonstrated he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, listen, Mexico has had a long time to do something about this. They've proven unwilling or incapable of doing anything about it. I'd be happy to work with the Mexican government. They can be part of these operations that we're doing. But if they are unwilling to stop foreign terrorists on their soil who are killing Americans as we speak, then we'll take matters into our own hands. That's what the oath of office obligates us to do if we take it seriously to protect our fellow Americans. So your position on the border is unquestionable. You have a strong position. What are the other key elements to your platform? And uh, how are you going to convey those to Ohioans so that you win this race? You know, the other thing that we're focused on is the economy. This is not numbers on a page. It's how families support themselves. And the Biden-Brown economy is hurting families. In fact, the people that Sherrod Brown claims to support, which is working class, blue collar families, are the people that he's hurting the most. It's all an act with Sherrod. It's what I call Sherrod's charade. He wants to call himself this blue collar working man's kind of a Democrat. It's just not true. It's the it's the nonsense green energy mandates that they called an Inflation Reduction Act that are actually hurting Ohio's working families. And we know how to fix an economy. It's getting government out of the way. It's more freedom. 
It's cutting taxes. It's streamlining regulations. It's doing oil and gas exploration right here in Ohio and throughout the country so that we can be energy dominant in the world. The Biden administration proposed a new tax on natural gas just this week. And again, that madness has to end. But the other thing is parents' rights. I'm the only candidate in this race with school-aged children. I'm a father, but I'm also a fighter. I can promise you, Lauren and I are not interested in co-parenting with the government. We want our children to be educated and not indoctrinated. And anyone that would dare subject a minor child to a gender transition is guilty of child abuse. This is, this is just the madness that the left continues to push on us that has to end, and it means putting a credentialed, battle-tested conservative in the Senate, not just somebody that says they are. Every candidate in a Republican primary, unless they're a fool, is going to say they're a conservative. Only one of us has actually proven it. That's why I'm leading in the polls, and that's why I'm going to win this race, stand uh, with President Trump, defeat Sherrod Brown, and put this country back on track. So you mentioned parents' rights. That resonates with me and a lot of our listeners. Title IX is already on the books, but Joe Biden and his administration tried to executive order their way out of it. Is there another way to shore that up? Uh, if you're in the Senate, how do you offer permanent protection to our children? Well, one thing is to uh, not stand in the way of states that are doing that. And as you know, the governor made a very bad decision in Ohio. Our state legislature is about to fix that. Title IX has been from its very beginning about protecting the fairness and the safety of athletics. Uh, women have fought hard to have that opportunity. As you heard me say last night on the debate stage, my daughters could beat the boys on the soccer field or on the basketball court, but they shouldn't have to. The only way to have women's sports safely and fair is to um, is to make sure women compete against women and men compete against men. And here's the hypocrisy. The left is full of hypocrites. I don't see a lot of boys who think they're girls that want to compete in men's sports or vice versa, girls who think they're boys that want to compete in men's sports. It's only men that think they're women that want to compete in women's sports. That, that shows their hand, and it's really, uh, it's really unfair, and it needs to end. He is Secretary of State Frank LaRose. He is a Republican candidate for U.S. Senate, and I'm certain we'll have him back again soon. Mr. Secretary, thank you for spending time with us today. We appreciate you. Thank you, Jack. God bless. God bless you. And God bless you, and thank you for listening. But stay tuned. A lot more ahead. Welcome back in. Bob Clegg will be here, hour number two, GOP strategist. We're going to talk Turkey on the New Hampshire primary and uh, more about the Ohio Republican primary and last night's debate between the guy that we just talked with, Ohio Secretary Frank LaRose, Cleveland area businessman Bernie Marino, and then State Senator Matt Dolan. How did you think it went? Well, according to the survey that I posted, and by the way, if you're not up on X, Twitter.com, Jack Windsor, at Jack Windsor, W-I-N-D-S-O-R, you can follow. I usually have a daily survey that uh, integrates with this radio program. Did you watch the Ohio GOP U.S. Senate debate? If so, who was the winner? Right now, Bernie Marino's clocking at 68%, Secretary Frank LaRose, 21, and Matt Dolan, 10 I got to say, Matt Dolan, from a a policy perspective, makes a lot of sense. Matt Dolan has an Achilles heel, and that Achilles heel is, I think he's an introvert. 
And I don't think that he's real comfortable debating and doing some of the stuff that, if you're asking me my honest opinion, comes very naturally to somebody like Bernie Marino. Bernie is very um, polished, I guess, uh, very quick-witted. Although Frank LaRose last night had his positions, had his points, and he was uh, he was on target, and he was very strong in how he expressed himself. Uh, I thought stronger and more self-assured than the other two. But, of course, we'll get their take on that. Bernie Marino will be here later in the week. And uh, don't fall over, don't faint, don't pass out, but Matt Dolan will be with us. We are able to make contact with his team, and we've offered up some dates for next week. So Matt Dolan should be here Monday or Tuesday of next week, and we'll hear from him and what's going on in his campaign. Some people would say he's the dark horse, right? He he kind of occupies that Rob Portman lane, and you go, well, what, what in the world does that mean? Well, for people in the weeds politically, what that means is that there are your pro-Trump candidates, the, the Bernie Marinos, and, and Frank LaRose is really um, touting himself as a America first Trump policy type of guy, and um, that's attractive to a segment of the Republican voting bloc. But as we've talked about throughout this show and we'll continue to talk about, there are a lot of Republicans who don't like Trump. They're never Trumpers. They're Lincoln Project guys. They're Kasich-type people. Uh, some of them, would, some of you would call them milk toast Republicans uh, or I, I call them trans Republicans, the Mike DeWines of the world who uh, has an R behind his name but, but governs like Gretchen Whitmer or Gavin Newsom. And uh, there is a large voting block that's independent. There's a large voting block that is what, I, what they would call a soft Republican or a soft Democrat. They're kind of in the middle. And somebody like Matt Dolan appeals to people like that uh, simply because he is uh, a little less, I don't want to say abrasive, but he's a little more quiet. And he is a uh, – just maybe a lot more palatable to some people, right? Um, so there, there may potentially be a lane there. So uh, Bob Clegg just walked into the studio. Can't wait to have him on. He'll be here with us at, at noon, and we're going to talk turkey. Um, before we do that, I want to read this to you, though, uh, talking about the good guys and the bad guys, if you will. Ex-Representative uh, Kevin McCarthy blames House Freedom Caucus for stopping Republicans from governing. And uh, McCarthy laid blame on the House Freedom Caucus, uh, let's see, in an interview with Fox Business's Maria Bartiromo. Do you remember Maria? I, I, she's been on TV for a long time. I like her a lot. Uh, on Monday, he said that any questions about why Republicans voted for another stopgap measure – to keep the government sh- from shutting down should be directed to the Freedom Caucus. You really should be asking the Freedom Caucus, McCarthy said. They are the ones who have stopped the Republicans from being able to govern. Another stopgap measure was passed last week that would extend the funding levels to March 1st and March 8th. Mr. McCarthy, the former House Speaker, was ousted from his position for a similar deal, prompting him to resign in December. Now, I would argue that he's probably out 
uh, fattening his bank account with the lobbyists and the firms and the special interests. They're locking in the Democrat democratic policies, he said, of the conservative group. They're actually spending more money now than if we go to the debt ceiling numbers. That would mean the government would spend less. We could put Republican policies in, but they continue to stymie this majority to be able to do anything. The Freedom Caucus opposed the stopgap funding bill that was passed last week and has not supported any of the full-year deals the House Republicans have worked with Democrats. The top-line spending number that House Speaker Mike Johnson agreed upon with Democrats and the White House is eerily similar to the one that cost Mr. McCarthy his position. Republicans argued at the time that the figure wasn't low enough. Well, how dare those conservative Republicans want the government to spend less? How dare they want to untether spending from, I don't know, things like supporting another country in their border when our border's wide open? I mean, geez, those crazy radicals, right? Uh, what angers the conservative caucus is not the $1.59 trillion top line, but the additional $69 billion side deal for non-defense spending. They also argue that the border does not get enough attention in the funding. It really comes down to what's a true conservative. And I look at Ronald Reagan, a conservative, is one that can actually govern in a conservative way, McCarthy said. But what you're finding now is what they're doing is doing nothing but locks in Democratic Pelosi policies. He said they shouldn't continue with stopgaps in the future. They should actually follow the numbers uh, that were in the debt ceiling, which is lower than what they're spending today. You get to reform it with Republican policies because you're in the majority now in the House. You get to move forward and lay out and show the American public why they should give you more seats in the House and actually capture the Senate. Or you can just go on a little um, pouty tirade like Kevin McCarthy and further divide the party. I mean, look, I have friends who are insiders that were uh, on Capitol Hill at the time that, uh, you know, the the back and forth was going on. And you know what they told me? You know what they told me? It was 12-year-old boy schoolyard stuff. It was uh, Scalise and McCarthy people really just kind of pounding the table and "Mm, I'm going to take my ball and go somewhere else. But we pay for it. We, we pay for it. A uh, lot to talk about in the next hour, uh, that GOP race for U.S. Senate. Senate, uh, Fonnie Willis claims her alleged lover's ex-wife conspired with Trump co-defendant to oppress her. Oh, can you believe it? I mean, she had an affair. She hired him. But it's, a tr- it's, it's Donald Trump. I want you to learn two words, Trump and Putin. Blame it all on them. Uh, a new civil rights agenda. We'll talk about that. Piece from Christopher Rufo. That and a lot more. Hour number two on the Bruce Hooley Show, 98.9 FM, The Answer. I'm Jack Windsor, back with Bob Clegg in the house. You don't want to miss it.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.